In a world where geek is now chic, what was once deemed nerdy or geeky has become fashionable. What used to be odd and different is now part of mainstream culture. The way we consume our entertainment has changed with the advent of new and meaningful technology. Comic books are no longer stories just for kids. They've become all-age entertainment with mature subject matter, rivaling the depth of the very best novelists. They've become a driving force behind a large portion of American entertainment. Costuming has gone from being a small but loyal subculture to a highly visible art form thanks to science fiction and comic book conventions that celebrate cosplay and fandom. Thanks to Marvel, DC, Star Wars, Star Trek, and many others, the movie landscape has changed forever. Through Doctor Who, Game of Thrones, The Walking Dead, and more, once genre shows are now mainstream rating giant. We are a podcast that looks at the comic book culture. We are a podcast that talks about the cosplay community. We are a podcast that can't help but dissect the movies and shows we watch. We are. We are. We are. The Galaxy Cast. Folks, welcome to this episode of the Galaxy Cast. I have Waveform, so I'm happy, and I have with me four people in the studio tonight. I have with me Eric the Artist. I'm Robin. I have with me Terror the Inquisitor. BB-8 can still die. I have with me Gary the Stud. I know Bob Shatterpoints. And I'm Bob Kirschman. <laughs> I have no Shatterpoints. Yes, you do. I'm Mace Windu. <laughs> Mother... Okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, this is take two for us, because for whatever reason we had some technical difficulties, take one. So, welcome to the world of podcasting, where sometimes you get to podcast again. <laughs> Let's talk about everything we just talked about. We just about. talked about, again. So, we're going to talk with you tonight about the Titans official trailer, which came out during San Diego Comic-Con. We're going to talk with you the about the $100 million budget for the Star Wars live-action TV show. And then we want to talk about the Star Wars Resistance trailer, which dropped today as we are recording this podcast. And then after the break, we're going to talk about a Han Solo uh, fan film that we have found that we thought you might be interested in. It's a, it might be an interesting <coughs> fan film for all of you. So let's get right to it. The Titans trailer that dropped during San Diego Comic-Con, which everybody was like, why haven't you guys talked about that yet? And I'm like, we'll get there. Just relax. We'll get there. There's so much to talk There's about. So much to talk about, especially after San Diego Comic-Con. This is crazy, 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 crazy. So... The trailer dropped, and I gotta be honest with you guys, it's weird. Like, I don't even know how to explain it to people who have not heard the trailer or not seen the trailer. Other than to say, like, imagine Teen Titans as dark as you could possibly make it's them. It's not Teen Titans, it's Titans. Titans, but it's still the Teen Titans, I'm sorry. No matter how much they're, people they're say te- Titans, They're not teenagers anymore. Not all of them, it looks like. Yeah, yeah. I guess they're supposed to be young Some, adults. Somehow Raven's a teenager, but I you I guess know. we're supposed to be young, brooding Titans instead of teenage Titans now. So I just I'm perplexed by the whole trailer because I know they're going for the brooding young child thing. I'm not sure I like the brooding young child thing that they're going for here. It just doesn't seem I don't know. I don't know how to explain it to people. 
Just, it's easy. Wade Wilson said it in uh, Deadpool 2. So dark. You must be from the DC universe. (laughs) That's absolutely true. So Robin is supposed to be Dick Grayson, whose parents have just died. At least the way they make it look. I don't know if they just died. He's obviously had a career as Robin for a while. Because people, like there's a scene we're looking at right now where he's fighting a bunch of thugs in an alleyway. Because that's what, you know, Robin does. And the thugs say, you know, they ask him where Batman is, which leads to the famous catchphrase that everyone's the been talking F-Batman, about. Batman, yeah. Batman. So clearly he had a career with Batman and stuff. So I don't know if the parents just... I think he's... I, I think, think he's what like... They're doing. a flashback at some point Yeah, there. I think what they're doing is they're making him the Batman of this show. Right. I think they're saying, well, Batman, parents died, dark and brooding, has a vendetta. That's now Robin in this which is opposite of what Robin is in the comics, is he was always supposed to be the kind of light to Batman's dark. Right. So, now it's odd that that's, they're like, okay, we're going to make him unhappy and brooding and violent and all this stuff. Is it possible they did that on purpose so that when they go back to put Robin into the movies, they could make him that way? Do you know what I mean? Like, make him the young, brooding kid, teenager, who's stuck on the fact that his parents died. And I think they did it that way to make Nightwing. Well, I think, yeah, I think that's going to have to lead to Nightwing at some point. I mean, there's no doubt Nightwing is... Isn't there a Nightwing movie being... Uh, it's being discussed. I don't yeah. know if it's even being made yet, but it's being discussed. I, mean, I think it's kind of weird to be talking about a Nightwing movie when we haven't even finished the Batman movie yet, which, yeah. to me, would need to include Robin in order to make Nightwing a thing. Yeah. I don't know. I just... It's like we keep putting the cart before the horse here. I think they're just making him dark and brooding in this so they don't do anything with Robin in the movies. Really, you think they're deliberately kind of trying to push Robin into this series and keep him out of the movies deliberately? Yeah. Okay. Because it's obvious that they don't bring anybody from the TV shows into the movies. Yeah, that's true. That's true. They usually kind of keep the two things separated. Right. You're right, Gary. So Mar- there's a valid Mar- point there. Marvel has done it with uh, the Netflix series stuff. Yeah, there's there's and so like far hints at stuff, but it's not really there. Right. Yeah, yeah. And DC, you're right. So far, has kept things completely separated. Right. You know, even right down to Gotham, which I've never understood, which could be huge to be able to kind of incorporate some of it. But no, we're not going to do that. We're going to leave that completely outside the scope of anything else. Even though Gotham has been hugely successful in mainstream but, TV, but, but then we get to the problem, which. I've mentioned before with DC is you get Titans, which is super dark and brooding and kind of ties in with Batman versus Superman and all that. And we, we get the man of steel where we have a neck breaking Superman where it started off the whole movie universe, but right. then you get wonder woman, which is much more of an up kind of hopeful upbeat feel movie with mythology mixed in with it, with, you know, Aries and stuff. But then you get their TV shows which are all a completely different feel with uh, Legends of Tomorrow and The Flash and all that. And then you get right. their animated, which is like super happy-go-lucky, and we got Teen Titans go to the movies, which is like <laughs> this kitty-kitty comedy fun fun, and you're going to have kids who saw that, and they're going to be like, oh, Robin's on TV, I want to see this TV show. No, you can't, because F Batman, we can't have our kids watching this. And then you're going to get that that is Shazam coming out, which is so clearly a and Eric, comedic you just approach. touched on a problem I see, and that is... All these kids who grew up with Teen Titans Go and these these Teen Titans shows, right, are suddenly going to want to see this brooding Robin, you know, like, and part of me is like, I hope they're going to put warnings out to parents. Well, it's TVMA. About this show. Yeah, but Gotham's TVMA. You're right. Well, no, it's not. No. It's TVPG. I'll tell you what's TVMA that our kids, the kids watch anyway. Walking Dead's TVMA. Kids still watch it. 
uh, American Horror Story, TVMA. You'd be surprised at how many of my kids at Game school of Thrones. watch that show. Game of Thrones, TVMA. Family Guy. Yeah, and they all watch them all. And mm-hmm. I'm talking about the Family Guy on the cartoon on the Comedy Central channel, yeah. not on Fox, because they they lift off all the uh, the extra stuff on Comedy Central that they can't get away with on Fox. And you're right, kids watch that stuff all the time. Yeah. I'm just saying that that concerns me that we've got a generation of kids that like don't understand that was me that don't understand the importance <laughs> of having that tvma license right, on there right. and what that means to a parent you're right erica they I, don't they don't treat the i don't think parents think about tv like they do about the movies they see an no. r they go oh it's restricted they see a tvma and they're like i'm not whatever. even sure r yeah means what because it used i'm to sorry i sat through a rated r movie with a five-year-old next to me yeah, yeah. but where Right here in Binghamton. Yeah. At the theater. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay, it's because that parent took took their kid in for it though. You're right. But but, but that's the thing. Parents aren't going to care about readings of are of nothing. Right. Uh, look at Grant, Grant's Auto. It's true. You know, Here's how, the other thing. How many parents bought that video yeah. game for their child, even though it's rated TVMA? Here's right, the other Gary. thing. It doesn't matter because the parents are so busy. They're not watching yeah, what their kids are watching. The kid has no, a TV yeah. in his room and is getting all the same cable channels that the house has. So they right. just bring up their and their own DVR system. They're recording and watching whatever shows they want. And, right. And, and so in order to go to the theater and watch it, the parent has to take the kid into the, the, the movie with them. Yeah. All right. That's the only way they're going to get in to see an R-rated movie. Or you got to have a theater that cares enough to actually ask. Right. That's the other thing, too. You know, like, you're right, Eric. How I know Binghamton does ask? not ask. They don't I, ask in general. Actually, I have been carted a couple times going into the theater. Well, that's because you look... I'm not going to go there. Because I look old? No, I was going to say you look like a criminal. On the other <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> okay. And I'm the man. Okay. Okay. What's your excuse now? <laughs> She's a, a pedaline, you know? What, what's your excuse? Wow. <laughs> so my excuse wow. is just that I can't help it when one comes to mind. i got to jump on it and take advantage. <laughs> that's all. It doesn't matter who it's aimed at. <laughs> so I think we all are in agreement that Titans is very dark. Yeah. No. Yeah. Filmed wi- film wise and subject wise. Subject wise, I mean, it's just and Raven seems to be the the focal point. Yep. I, at, at least the the I said, yep. for the whole season. And Raven's I, I, not that dark either. I'm sorry, she's not as dark I, as they're making you. her out to be. I, I, did I, I miss something somewhere along the way I, that Raven's I, I, that broody? Yes, you have. Okay, so then I missed it. I guess I missed it because there's a few of the episodes of, of the Teen Titans where, well, yeah. where she where was. She was, yes. Yeah. All right, and even the Teen Titans go there's a couple of times where she went to the dark side and stuff. Well, like yeah, right. but that's my point. She always finds a way back to the light. Like I get okay. that she goes yeah. to the dark side. Well, remember, this is a trailer. But is it worth? Maybe the, whole the point is that uh, we we can't guarantee it's gonna be a whole season. Right, I guess. Maybe the point of this is that the early episode she's like this. And she finds that midpoint and becomes a. Me- that's how maybe the team kind of starts. Is she has she right. kind of finds a balance and realizes they can work together. Right. I'd said this before in our first recording <laughs> that you cannot trust trailers. Right. We know this for a fact. Movie trailers come out all the time. When you see the final product, you're like, that's not like what they represented right. in the trailer. You know, it didn't have the same kind of energy and flow and feel. So there's a very good chance that they're taking this and they're this this. Th- editing company which a lot of times isn't even the main company that does the editing it's a, right. it's a house that does editing that's what they specialize in and they pulled the darkest moments kind of set up this tone and put the F Batman line in because they knew it would be talked about and said you're going to want this people are going to talk about it and they've edited this and the TV show might have a lot more to it that's not nearly this dark Let's talk about New Mutants for a second. We talked about that trailer. How that trailer looked like a horror movie. Right. And then we found out 
the movie was nothing like that, apparently, and then was going to be reshot to, to match, match, the, to trailer. match the trailer. <laughs> so I can't trust necessarily a trailer You're that right. I see. Yes, is, is it dark? Yes. Is it violent? A lot of blood being spilled in this trailer. A lot of, you know, blood spilled on the floor and deep slashes and cuts and people being hit with bats and all that stuff. But are they cherry-picking key scenes that stretch out over seven episodes and you're not going to get that all the way through? Right. But, but I still think it's going to be Raven-eccentric. The whole Grayson family scene where, where they, they fall and all that. Yeah. That's what she saw. Yeah. And then, she find, then she finds... Dick Grayson. Dick Grayson later, and oh, you're the guy from the circus and stuff. Yeah. See, and that's what brings her in with the help of him to keep from going through the dark side. And then, right. you know, a random alien drops out of the sky and Yeah, that's what I was about blast. to say. My other issue would be is, like, if they don't explain the other characters. Well, they're going like, to have to. Starfire, you definitely need to explain. Like, if you don't explain Starfire, then, like... You're out. So I have, I have two questions for everybody at the table. <laughs> the F-Batman line, was it really needed? No. I honestly think it would have been more impactful because it almost comes across as silly to me. He says it, and I'm like, that's... that's it's Part like, of me kind of double tri- take, like, did he just say it, that? Well, not, like, that's what they wanted from you, yeah. but to me it comes across as, it's too much. You're, you're, you're doing it on right. purpose. Yeah. Whereas if he had just said, screw Batman, right. I'd have been like more like, oh, yeah. he's got an attitude about him and he doesn't like care about Batman anymore. Or whatever. Right. Okay, I'm interested. But by going to the drop the F-bomb... It's like, oh, now you pushed it to be scandalous. Like, is it too far? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, feel like, I feel like it could have been more impactful not being that line. Do you think it's too far, Gary? It, it, it doesn't bother me at all. I mean, I guess it doesn't bother me, but I think it's, like, too far. It doesn't, doesn't fit Robin's character, I guess. It, the, it, it fits Dick Grayson because he did have a falling out with Batman. Yeah. Which is why he became Nightwing. Yeah. Tara, what did you think? Was but it too far? Robin see, see, to me, it's more of just, like, a, we're trying to replicate Deadpool. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Like, especially with all the blood that they put into the trailer. Right. I mean, one character vomits blood against a window at one point. I yeah. mean, it's like, what is all with the pouring blood on this trailer? So, my second question, since it's the topic of conversation. Yes, pineapple's good on pizza. No. Uh, <laughs> and no, it's not. It's disgusting. Uh, <laughs> my question is cosplay. What do you guys think of the costumes that we're seeing? Now that we're getting a chance to see them a little bit more... What it's do you guys think of what we saw? The only costume we've really, really had a good look at, and this is because they released a still of it, is Robin. There's actually right. on the on, la, on the internet, there's a still, like, waist-up shot. You can take a look at all the detail you want in decent lighting. I mean, we see that. And it's, you know, a kind of armorized right. version of Robin. Which we knew was going to kind of yeah. happen. You can't tell. We've seen the non, that famous behind-the-scenes shot of Starfire where everyone right. got all upset and you can't tell anything from that shot. She's hunched over in the cold. Not right. they're not lighting. They're coat, not doing anything. Yeah. But, you know. So who knows what the costume looks like under that coat? It could just be like a glittery dress, which is what it kind of looks like. In which case, it doesn't look much like Starfire. But there's also always been controversy around her, as people saying she's way too sexualized. Right. So what are they going to do? Who knows? Raven, we kind of only seen in her street garb, so we don't really see the cloak kind of looky thing yet. I'm not sure we're going to see that. We may not. Uh, yet, you know what I mean? Like uh, We do see a, she's got a hood, though, in the last shot, doesn't yeah, she? Right. In the glass shot, so it could be a hoodie, too. Yeah, so. but it's, I wonder if it's going to go there at some point. And then Beast Boy, I felt like, was the most... Even though you only saw him in one shot, he, felt the, most, like, he felt the most true to me to right. the character. So, What did you think of the See, to me, character? like, I've seen the pictures on Facebook from the photos because like they have like you know the yeah, yeah. animated series you know the TV yeah, movie the and then cosplay. like cosplay yeah. 
And so, like, to me, it's just, if they don't do the costumes right, like, why would you even film? Because that, that's Teen Titans. Like, if you, you know the Teen Titans from their costumes. Well, let me, right. like, did you watch the Daredevil TV show? You did. I, I did. I fell apart from it after the first season. And then but what did you think of the costume that he wore when they finally put him in the Daredevil outfit? It's I like that. It's not the one from the cos- comics at all. It is no. very, very different. No, Hyper but stylized. what I like about Marvel is they do have a way of modernizing their costumes. So to you, it's consistent with other Marvel... It's got a, the Marvel Universe feel to it. Yeah, like, but like it has to be modernized in a certain way. Like, Do you get what I'm saying? So you don't think they're doing that with these costumes? No. I don't. Okay. We have to see it, of course. But when, uh, yeah. just, when you say, oh, here's the comic book and here's the cosplay, where they're clearly trying to duplicate the comic book, because that's kind of the point. Yeah. That's kind of an unfair comparison for me to the TV show, because it's clear that they're going to have to edit for the TV show to some extent. And yeah. It seems like that's what they're trying to do to me, is armorize and, re- you know... Re- I, get, I get what you're saying. My, my only fear... I mean, I mean like, let's put it this way. You're not going to get a Starfire in a purple bikini... No, right. that's almost fine. High, yeah. And high heels and almost like, nothing. Like I'm on. fine with that. It's You're just, just not. Yeah, right. Not I get that. that whole thing. But I mean, Beast Boy seems to be okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah Robin like, I seems to look Boy. okay. I'm just you know, Starfire. It doesn't have to be the bikini Starfire, but there's other ones that aren't that still look the Starfire part. Yeah. I just don't want them to mess that part up. You know right. what I mean? Like if they mess that up, they're never going to hear the end of it. And to me, it's not about this actress being an African American or anything anything of the sort. It's about the costume, not about the person behind the costume. But the costume itself. See, the I other mean, thing that it. would drive me insane about the show is Starfire's mannerisms and how she talks because she's supposed right. to be she's from another to be planet s- and super and punky and like yeah, you know. And, and so, like, if she doesn't act the way Starfire does, then oh, that's I, like I think she's gonna be brooding too. I from the look of what they're concerned, that's, that's, that's not Starfire. That's not yeah. the Starfire that's supposed to be. I think know? that what and they're going for is a bunch of people all in bad places right. brooding who come together and help each other. Which then we might as well just call it New Mutants and reshoot it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right, so our, those so, are our thoughts. So, so, so I don't get a, a Go opinion? ahead, Gary, sorry. I don't get an opinion about it. Go, go, go. No. My problem. My <laughs> problem. There's only three people that I saw that were in their actual costumes. Mm-hmm. Robin, Hawk, and Dove. Oh, we didn't even mention We Hawk didn't mention Yeah, Hawk we didn't mention right. Hawk right. and Dove. How can we not mention? They're so important. They're <laughs> like top billing. How can we not mention Hawk and Dove? Which, by the way, we had no idea who those people were and had to go look it up on Wikipedia. Oh, yeah, that. Uh, <laughs> Hey, when I saw saw you asked who it was, I told you who it was. Yes. So I thought yeah. It was. You're right. I'll, I'll give him so I was the only one, the only one, one knew. This table that knew. I will give you that okay. credit. Which is scary for a TV show with a round table of geeks who know quite a bit about comics and movies to not know who those characters are. Why did they choose them? I know it, but <laughs> only the three were in costume. The rest were in street clothes. So let's let's see what happens later on. Yeah, I get it. So what do you think of Hawk and Dove being in there then? I actually, I, I always like those two characters. Okay. I just don't know enough about them to say, hey, yeah, let's put them. You know, like, they're I mean, just like, not, they're part of, not part of the original Teen Titans that I knew and grew mm-hmm. up with and, like, got to know. Like, to me, right. you've got a core of characters that we're not even touching. Where, where I know them from the Justice League. Okay, yeah. And that's, you know. See, and, um, and to me, you're missing a part when you don't have Cyborg in it. You're missing a major part of it. Why yeah. don't you know? And now I'm starting to think about this. Why don't they just cross out Titan and call the whole team bird names? Robin, Raven, Hawk, Dove. It's like there's a lot of birds on this team. There are a lot of birds. Yeah, that's yeah. a valid point. See, to me, if they do Hawk and Dove 
well enough. Like, I think they'll get people wanting comic books or, like, researching what they are. I mean, like, that's what I did with Squirrel Girl. No yeah, offense, like, and that's what they could be going for. <laughs> could be. I'm, I'm surprised they don't have Pelican and Pigeon. <laughs> the <laughs> chicken. <laughs> Maybe the bad guy's going to be the penguin. <laughs> there you go. That could be great. They, they should bring in Hulk Girl. Who? Hawk Girl. Oh, Hawk Girl. Girl. Well, yeah. isn't she already on another guy. TV show? She's she on, was, she yeah, was on DC's Legends of Tomorrow. And yeah, then, but now she's dead or something. Or whatever. Well, no, she left to go into the past to take care of something. And, oh, whatever. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> They're making little birdies. She's right? nesting somewhere. <laughs> They're making little bird chicks. They're making a bunch of chicks. If you see, you, once in a while you see her in the background going by and she's got like string and stuff in her mouth because she's <laughs> going building a nest. <laughs> oh, wow. She's like, I got to go feed my, ki- feed my kids now. <laughs> 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 you guys do that again because yeah. it gets you on camera. For, the, Go ahead. for those on the podcast who didn't, you know, I, I was basically making a uh, regurg- regurgitating, regurgitating food, food for to the, the kids. <laughs> there we go. Now it's on. Now it's on camera. <laughs> okay. So our next topic we're going to talk about now that we're done brooding is the budget that has been released online for the Star Wars live action TV show. Now, before we talk about the budget, it has been confirmed that the show is going to be based at least at the beginning, on Mandalore. And, bum, of course, bum, bum. that sent all of my friends in an absolute tizzy. Okay, Bob, what's Mandalore? <laughs> right? <laughs> what's so all my All of my friends went crazy because <laughs> they're it, like, it, what is do it, I do Isn't Mandalore the, the leader of the Mercs? Yeah, Mandalore's a planet. And a person? And a person. So yes. he's Ian or Ego or whatever. Yes, he is Ego. Yes, that would he, make sense. Yes, Igor? I'm real. I'm yeah. really confused. Easy. <laughs> yes. Walk this way. <laughs> this way. This way. <laughs> so, Mandalore is definitely confirmed as a place that they're going to start on, on the show, not a person. And, and obviously, the main subject of the show is going to be the Mandalorian. Yeah, I'm assuming is going to have to be a main subject of the show. No, we're just going to no, be on the planet. I'm, I'm really confused. No, it's on the planet Mandalore, Each. but it's really about the flora. Okay, the let's get past the Mandalore yeah. thing. <laughs> Each episode is supposed to be at a cost of $10 million per episode. $100 million per episode. No, no 10. 10. $10 million. $100 million for the whole series. For the whole series. Which, oh, is, ten, oh, which is only sorry. 10 episodes? Sorry. I guess that's only 10 episodes. That's... No. Yeah. That's not fair. Yep. That's... Yeah. So... Which, by the way, is a higher budget than Discovery. We looked that up. It's eight to eight and a half million dollars. Yeah. Discovery is a pretty good looking episode. show. It pretty is cinematic. It's. I, I tell you, I've watched it all the way through, and and it is very cinematic. I mean, it has a movie feel to it. If you watch it from beginning to end, it is very cinematic feeling, and uh, it's impressive. Even towards the end, I was very impressed with the special effects and the visuals and the costumes and the sets. I mean, they did a spectacular job. Uh, Eric, now you made a point that like even Star Trek: The Next Generation was costing what uh, one point three million per episode million. thirty years ago. Right, so thirty years ago. I mean, that's pretty significant back then. And you know, when you look at the technology today, it just doesn't hold up. Oh, you know, all, the yeah. the special effects don't hold up all that kind of stuff. But I mean, they, when you talk about inflation, thirty percent inflation. I mean, that's low. I mean, it, I mean, thinking about it. I'm surprised it's not going to cost more than that, to be honest. Now, we had a friend, Brian Patrick Stoyle, wrote an article about this, uh, in, and I think you should go read it if you get a chance at the Geekiverse, and it's a valid point that Brian makes, and that's just that it may actually be too low for this TV well, show. Well, his comparison is the cost and budget of all the Star Wars films, how much they cost and their running time. Right. Then he says, 
now you take $100 million, but you divide it amongst 10 episodes, which are going to be about 50 minutes each, right. which is 500 minutes versus the average of 120 minutes per movie, and your $100 million budget suddenly looks really low by comparison for a 500-minute filming versus 120-minute filming. Right. The only show that may cost close or movie that may cost close to that is New Hope, which is ironic. Um, when we're talking about per minute, you know, dollars per minute, kind right. of per per minute yeah. as it goes along. Now, he makes a valid point too. When you think look at other TV shows that are around right now that are roughly the same stylized viewpoint, when you look at things like Game of Thrones, the most expensive ever episode on Game of Thrones was fifty five million dollars worth of an episode for a single episode one episode and that was the battle of the bastards what it was no, called right those, the, the last no that was the that was the last, last episode of the last season thank you because the battle of the bastards was like 52 right? right something like that it was pretty close i mean when you think about the massive amount of money that they're spending on game of thrones i mean they're just throwing money at it but at the same time think about the money they're getting back out of it you know what i mean like i know a lot of people are saying like look at all this money trust me they're well, getting it back we HBO also is getting it back we also said this is they're in what season now I'll guarantee you their first season didn't cost nearly uh, as not, much. No, they weren't anywhere. putting that level nope. of money into it. Nope. Um, it's something that has grown over time. Correct. And this means that you can't necessarily say that Star Wars will always be a $10 million episode series. They may say, we got to blow this one out with a giant right. you know, set piece. So we're going up 20 to 30 Kind of like million. go big or go home yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. So, but to me, and it's, it's about the state of serialized dramatic television and what's mm-hmm. being done. We've been waiting for a live-action Star Wars TV show for a long time. Yes, we have. And I, I said before, the only ones we've experienced so far have been kind of some Ewok movies, you right. know, on TV. You're not well, getting... Well, there much. is the uh, Star Wars holiday special. You and know. the... <laughs> so, like I said, the only thing that exists was these Ewok movies. <laughs> and... You know, it's taken a while for dramatic television to reach the point where it has where now... It's bigger than movies. Game of Thrones, you could arguably say, is bigger than almost any movie that comes out and has a bigger fandom. And there's things like uh, Hulu doing, or Amazon doing, I think it's Man in the High Castle. Yep. And Hulu has created that Stephen King one that just came out, Castle Rock, which is, you know, a serialized... Handmaid's Tale. Handmaid's Tale. They're they're very big right now. Right. So it's finally kind of to the point where I think they're going, yeah, the the environment is is primed for this kind of movie now they just have to make it feel like star wars right. look like star wars and tell a good story while staying in that budget range for the fir- range for the first season and catching their audience right and I, 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 i've been thinking too is that they already have a lot of the um, sets and stuff that well not necessarily sets but all the digital aspects, digital aspects of all the right. different things yeah that they can still reuse and stuff too so it's it's when it gets down to it, it's not going to be that much that expensive to make a movie. Yeah, I mean, if Lucasfilm has an archive of digital characters and digital sets, and you know they can go back and say, "Hey, we need this stuff. Only we need it re-rendered at this level." They might be able to do that and save some time. See, to me, I feel like this show would have more pressure because think about it. There's three Mandalorians in this room alone. Like, think about how many Mandalorians <laughs> are across the country. We all have high expectations. Yeah. World now. Well, yeah. I'm not saying there's no there's no pressure. There's huge amounts of pressure. Yeah, and like we all have a good expectation, and if it's not good, we're not going to watch it, and we're very much going to kill it. But I've, uh, I've learned from the movies not to have my expectations high. <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> what are you talking about? I come back to who they got to lead it. You're right. I uh, have... Sure. 
extreme faith in John Favreau. Yeah. I got, I got he, a lot of expectations from him. He he him. he has done great. At, I mean, he started the Marvel universe. Right. He made the first movies that all the templates are based on. Even I'm talking visuals. Right. He sat down with art directors and with people and all you know all the things he did to kind of establish how that's going to look. And man, did they nail it! And it's lasted for ten years and become the biggest cinematic collection of movies in history. That's no small feat to have started and been in on the ground floor of, and to to have been behind the scenes, I'm sure, on others and helped usher some things along. He's moved on to things like doing Jungle Book, which I told you guys in another podcast, I thought was a fantastic use of incredible digital effects maintained with a good story, emotional, and just really well done. So I don't have any fear of him being able to handle high-end special effects and making it look good. I really think he's... And we've said this before... He wasn't a comic book writer right. when he started this. He was a fan. He's kind of an outsider fan. An outsider who had the skills to do right. the job. Right. It's the same with Star Wars. He's never really been in the Star Wars universe or playground before, but he's got the knowledge and the skill to do the job and to be a universe establisher, to be that kind of foundation person. So I've got a lot of hope in him to kind of pull all this off. Now, I have two, a suggestion for John Favreau. Something that could actually help make his and life easier. And we know he listens to this podcast. Absolutely he does, yes. And if he doesn't, he's got friends that I do. I mean, so David okay. Filoni. I mean, Kevin Smith could pass this along. Hint. Filoni can, too. Filoni yeah, could, too. that's what I was saying. Here's my suggestion. It's just two words. Mandalorian, Mercs. Seriously. Talk to them. We're, we're right there. Like, you want to talk about an immersive group of people that know a lot about Mandalorians? Go talk to the guys that are getting in the costumes. And I'm like, I'm not just about the costumes, but about the culture about the things that we know, you know, that we've all read up on, on the, you know, Mandalorian culture. I know a lot of people think, like, we live in our houses, like, Mando's doing that. <laughs> it's not, we don't. It's not, no. I mean, like, we're realistic people, but we have a lot of knowledge about Mando's. We've read a lot of Karen Travis's stuff. We have all this background information, and I would love for them to kind of latch onto that from the fans and utilize it. I'm not saying you have to, like, write it just like we want you to, but just ask, you know, like, talk a little bit with us. And see what's kind of works for whatever you're doing, you know. And that's, I know that's weird. Yeah, you know, we were talking in the last podcast about how fans think they run everything, and I'm not saying like we should be running the table on this. I'm just hoping they do it justice. That's all I'm asking. Yeah. And sometimes I think sometimes we jump on these things as fans, but it would be nice to have them come to us once and just say, "Hey, we're we're going to do this thing. Some thoughts, you mm-hmm. know, just to see what the, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'm asking for a lot. I probably am, because. They never asked the 501st what they thought about Stormtroopers, and there's no doubt about that. The other thing I'm thinking while I'm sitting here is there's a lot of storylines they can do. For the Mandalorians, you mean? Yes. Yeah. There's a lot of, like, open spaces that they've never mm-hmm. filled that they could just, like, make a storyline. Like they've never and discussed why the Mandos yeah. are the way they are. Yeah. And right? see, like, to me, if they don't do that correctly, like, they could get so many fans off of doing that correctly, or they could get so many lost fans off of doing it wrong. Now, timeline-wise, this falls after Return of the Jedi. After Return of the Jedi. But close to after Return of the Jedi, correct? correct. It's supposed to be on, yes, on the close end. Yeah. Like, just after Return of the Jedi. Okay. So, there's a lot to find out there, and we'd mentioned this before as well. What are the chances we're going to get a Boba Fett surviving the Sarlacc pit and showing up again. That's my universe. that's my like hope. <laughs> that's that's my whole hope. I'm hoping that 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 like the first seasons about Boba coming out of the Sarlacc pit and claiming Mandalore as his throne. I'd love to see him dethroned. I don't want him to stay there. You know what I mean? I don't want the whole series to be about Boba Fett. I know there's a lot of people that would like that, but I I don't want that. I, I don't need that. 
But it would be awesome to see him come and take the throne, get the Mandos back, you know, kind of like Blues Brothers, get the band back together again, baby, you know, and, like, get all the Mandos back, get them united again, and then maybe he gets killed off by the next Mandalore, whoever that may be. Because that's the way the Mandalorian race works. They all fight each other, and whoever wins becomes the next leader. But, you know, that I would love. that's the way I would love to see it mm-hmm. happen. I don't know if it will. I, I'm dreaming. I'm living in my dream world right now. Gary, what do you think? What what about Boba as a as a major player here for this first season? I don't expect to see him until the second season. If they if there is a second season, yeah, I, w- I don't expect him until then. Now, but do you think Daniel Logan will play him? I hope so. I hope so too. Dude, I mean, like, he I is the face. Him. I mean, right? He is the face. There's no way to get around that. Well, I got this right now for you guys, writers on the, this new show. Here's your opening scene. You don't need to continue after this, but sunrise or dawn. Tatooine. Sun's about to rise. We pan across through the desert, come to smoking wreckage of a sail barge. Over the pieces, broken chains, pieces of things we recognize, dead Gamorrean guard, etc. Over, we continue to the Sarlacc pit. Tilt down to reveal smoke coming out of the Sarlacc pit. Blood splattered up the side of the wall, a torn tentacle dragged up into the desert. Follow across, footprints leading Leading into the sand, Pan up as the dual suns rise and turn the screen white. There's your opening scene. That that would be cool. <laughs> then and Eric then just shot it for you. No, right and there. then literally, you don't bring him in until season two. You do that oh, as the huge tease about man. It's about right, it's, it's about, about Mandalorian Mercs. Right. Here's the the bad the badass who survived, but we don't need to see him for the whole first season. Yeah, that might be interesting, just to create that tension yes, all the way through. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. And then the first episode of season two, you see Dengar picking up the armor. There you go. (laughs) Okay, so that was our thoughts on the Mandalore Star Wars TV series. So let's head to our last thing, and that is the trailer for Star Wars Resistance, which just came out today as we are recording this podcast. So right off the bat, like, I had a whole bunch of friends ask me, like, you know, what what do you think of this show? Like, they couldn't see it online because they were, you know, at work and stuff. And they're like, I know you've seen it, so what do you think of it? And I said the best way I could describe it is Robotech meets Star Wars. It totally reminded me of Robotech. I mean, totally. Mm -hmm. It's very clear that they are basing this on an anime look to an extent. For those who haven't seen it, the style is is a 2D... 3D animation. Right. So what that means is it's it's computer generated 3D animation, but it's made to look like the 2D cell animation style of traditional animation with cell shading. For those of you who play video games and know cell shaded graphics, it's got that cell shaded kind of look to it. But it is it is shot, filmed, the color schemes, kind of the washout effect they're doing. Mm-hmm. It's very much a tribute to anime. So if you're into anime at all, Star Wars Resistance is gonna feel familiar. Right. in the visual style alone. Whether or not that lends itself to being a Star Wars series, it's hard to tell from the trailer. You don't get much of a sense of characters or anything. We see a couple we recognize, like BB-8 and Poe. Phasma, Captain Phasma. We get a sh- brief shot of Phasma. Right. But that's about it. Other than that, it doesn't feel... It, it's hard to say it's Star Wars. No. But the look is interesting. Shooting like this, is this is this cheaper to do than like the 3D they've been doing for... Clone Wars and all that? Uh, I think it's easier. Okay. Because I don't know a lot about the art side of this. You know what I mean? The modeling, well, the rendering takes a lot less time. Okay. Because if you look at these people, you don't have to render skin pores. You don't have no, to render shirt saying. wrinkles. Yeah. You don't have to render scratch textures on the metal. Right. You don't have to run, render atmospheric haze. There's a lot of things that are not be, don't have to take the rendering time. So these episodes can probably come out way quicker. I'll guarantee you rendering time on an average scene of this is an 
is a quarter to a fifth what it was. of what it was right. to render anything from, from Clone Wars or Rebels. That being said, you don't get the dramatic lighting. You get more of a, of a flat washout lighting. Right. If you've ever played the game a long time ago for PlayStation players, Eco, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. where you ran around the castle, you uh-huh. get that kind of washout white right. lighting on a lot of shots. Yeah. So it's something they can put out really quick, and it's got a neat look to it. But it's not going to have that realism, that immersive sense of being there that even though we didn't necessarily like Rebels in the Clone Wars, sometimes it came across too cartoony or we didn't like certain ways things looked, you felt like you were in there with them because there was that kind of atmosphere. Even in a room, there'd be atmospheric haze. You'd get the sense of the depth in the room and the surroundings. This is very flat. Um, The smoke effect's very flat. It's all... It looks a lot like video game cutscenes in a cell shaded gaming. It's going to be kind of hard for them to do like underwater scenes and stuff like that too, right? Like, I mean, I would imagine that would be kind of difficult to do in a flat Half surface. It'd be, yeah, it'd be very interesting to see how their art directors approach different types of things that they used to do that they they can't quite do anymore. Right. But I am excited and at least positively look upon the shots from the trailer where the action's taking place, the filming of some of the flight scenes and chase scenes, way more power to it, way more dramatic movement and camera angles to it than anything I was seeing in, in Rebels. Right. So I'm, I think that visually they might be able to do better action with this series than they did with Rebels. Because Rebels had this kind of slow-moving feel. Absolutely. The way things happened, even people running down a hallway, mm-hmm. you kind of felt every step and there was kind of a delay. Lightsaber fights, there was kind of that, we talked about before, that hit-pause, hit-pause, yep, hit, yeah. there was always a delay. Anime is not known for that. Anime is known for quick swooping camera angles and fast turns and rapid zoom-ins and all that stuff. That's going to lend itself to the action sequences. How the rest of the story will play out, we got to see. Now, can I tell you guys something that has recently come out? Yeah. Dave Filoni is not that involved in this project at all. Really? Yes. What's he doing? That's an M.O. I thought he was in that. I thought this was him. He was supposed to be like heavily behind this. And as they got into it, he stepped back and let some other producers be the go-to people, and he just kind of Was he not took a back it? seat. I well, don't know. I think it's because he had to go work on his Clone Wars. I'm wondering if that's part of it. I also wonder if it's just because this isn't the graphic style he's used to. You know what I, I mean? I think and so maybe he bowed to some people who've done anime and said, why don't you I'll go do the, my 10-episode Clone right, Wars. Right, and I, I, this isn't my thing. You take that because that's your thing. You know what I mean? See, I just wonder if that's what... Maybe played into it. Well, the two things that I noticed uh, just watching the trailer again is there's no droid on the ships. Yeah. There's right. some... Oh, you mean the back? Yeah. yeah. Okay. There's no droids in the ships at all. Okay. And the other one is, is what I said... Yeah, you're right. said in the last one where it was... Remind me of like NASCAR and all that. It's the air racing out in Vegas that they do. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. The Red Bull Channel. This is clearly a training thing. That yeah. we're seeing a lot of in the trailer. No, but I, you're right; it has that feel. No, to it. I don't think it's a training thing at all. I think it's 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 a racing series like they have here because there's different teams. Oh, and you stuff. think? Yeah. Oh, and they're infiltrating it. And they're um, to maybe recruit pilots, L- looking for pilots. Right, I get it. Through that series, right. that's a neat idea. That's interesting. Yep. And if that's what they're yeah. doing, actually, that I, w- I would actually be cool with that. I like that idea. So. And Eric, you brought up the some of the camera angles too that before that were kind of cool, like the one on the wing where it looked like the camera. Yeah, right there's on the the, the one. It's like the third shot in the entire trailer is is the one that gives me the most hope. It's a shot as they're flying through those rings, and right. it's very clearly filmed to be like a mounted camera on the wing of right. the ship we're on. And just the way, I love the effect when the ship doesn't move in the frame at all, but right. everything else around it is spinning. Moving, so right. it's like you're in it spinning. Right. 
and the light, the way they decided to cast the shadows moving across the ship, so you get that sense of rotation. Just everything artistically about that shot, I like. And to me, that's what gives it that Robotech yeah. May Cross look feel to it. You know what I mean? That's the kind of stuff we grew up with seeing and all that kind of, you know. And with with video technology the way it is now, it kind of has that feel to it with some technology added in. So I don't know. I, it's I'm not gonna, awful. I'm, I'm going to give it a yeah. chance. I'm, I'm kind of take a while to get this is crazy but i'm actually a little more excited about this than i ever was about rebels (laughs) (laughs) how crazy is that like this actually makes me more excited than rebels ever did the key here is it's got to move things have to happen you can't drag like you did with rebels no dragging storylines please like move it you're excited because bb-8's in it well i am a little bit that yes see my issues is if bb-8 doesn't line up with the movies then i'm like that's like they have to make bb-8 be the same way in both i think they will I think they will. I also wonder how far back story-wise they're going to go. Yeah. This has Poe in it. So right. clearly this only takes place like four or five years at the most before Force Awakens. Correct. But I, do they have the potential of telling flashback stories that go back 10 or 15 years and tell us more of that gap? Can they bring up an anime Han Solo? Right. An anime Princess, Princess Leia, Leia and tell a bit of a story in there of... Of a, of a time leading up to this, maybe they could fill some of those gaps of things we don't. Yeah, because they because you know Leia was part of the creation of the Resistance, so right. clearly there's got to be something going on there. Uh, it, it, as much as I'd like to see that stuff, I don't want to see it in this uh, this uh, series. I don't yeah. want to use it as a crutch. I guess that's yeah. what I don't yeah. want. You know what I mean? Like I don't want it to be the, the crutch. Uh, every episode of Rebels that we like the best had Leia or mm. right. Lando or someone from the original original stuff. And that's yeah. what I mean. Like they use that as a crutch just to get right. themselves through. I, I, we never liked an episode that was just the rebel cast. Right. I don't want well, it to be a crutch, but organically, it is part of the history. Right. So it has to be at least referenced. I, I, I get what you're saying. Is just I just don't want to see it though. I right. Mean, yeah. I get it. The other thing you is you can mention it all you want. But yeah. The other uh, thing is, is we're gonna have to see if there's like an A team and then a Z team, like there's been for like Clone Wars and yeah, Rebels. I'm sure. Yeah, will there be different levels of production? I hope not. I'm hoping they're all be like. The I same. hope they're consistent. I yeah. think you're gonna see consistency in the visual style. I hope so. Storytelling, who knows? Might but be th- this visual style, like I said, with rendering, just how quickly it's gonna go, <clears throat> you're gonna they're gonna be able to keep, I think, a very consistent look. Okay. And uh, keep the storylines set. Yeah. So it matches up with each ep- each episode. Yeah. yeah, and if you have yeah. something to tell, like even if it's going to be over a long period of time, keep moving towards it. Don't leave it stagnant. Yeah. You know. You know what they might might do? What? I'd be perfectly okay with this back this flashback. They save the A wing pilot from the, the spider. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to finally see her. <laughs> but wait, that goes way back before. Well, yeah, I guess that wouldn't be too long before. That'd be about what six, seven years ago, something like that. Yeah, no, it goes way back before the, the rebellion. Even right, started. but I'm saying, what was the time period of? It was back in Rebels. Yeah, but what was it? Rebels was a couple years before Star Wars. So yeah. what was the time period of Star Wars to Return of the Jedi? About ten years, I thought. Right. Eight, I got a sense it was like eight, seven or eight years. Yeah, yeah this, so is, this is like f- five years before. Uh, well, this is like Force Awakens, though. Oh, this so you're is talking way about twenty. Before, oh, yeah, we're talking like almost thirty. Yeah, you're yeah. talking twenty to thirty years. She's yeah. gonna be old. That's okay. She's fine. She's, 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 like, she's like a Saw Gerrera character with spiders <laughs> around her. She's like gone all crazy, white yeah, hair. Exactly. How come no one came me. back for me? <laughs> Sick <'em. laughs> Okay. Oh, and you know who my favorite character of this series is going to be? Who's that? Young Jedi Killer Dillian. Yes. Oh, good He's going to be great. He'll He's going to be, be so this. good in this. Yeah, he'll be all over it, I'm oh, sure. Yep. Oh, he'll know Bob's Shatterpoint. Yeah. Just like I do. Okay, so with that said, 
We'd love to hear your thoughts on Titans. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the $100 million budget for the Star Wars live-action TV series, which I hope they come up with a name for soon. And we'd love to hear what you think about the Star Wars Resistance trailer. We'll be back in just a little bit after we watch a Han Solo fan film. We'd love to hear from you. Head over to GalaxyCast. Let us know. We'll be back in just a moment. We'll be right back after we navigate through this promotional tunnel. The new Amazon Echo has everyone asking Alexa for help. Alexa, what time is it? What the hell is wrong with this blasted thing? Amanda! But the latest technology isn't always easy to use for people of a certain age. These kids done bought me a busted machine again. That's why Amazon partnered with AARP to present the new Amazon Echo Silver, the only smart speaker device designed specifically to be used by the greatest generation. It's super loud and responds to any name even remotely close to Alexa, so they can find out the weather. Allegra, what is the weather outside? It is 74 degrees and sunny. Huh? It is 74 degrees and sunny. Where? Outside. What about it? The temperature outside is 74 degrees and sunny. I don't know about that. The latest in sports. Clarissa, how many did old Satchel strike out last night? Satchel Paige died in 1982. How many he get? Satchel Paige is dead. He what now? Died. Who did? Satchel Paige. Oh. I don't know about that. Even local news and pop culture. Anita, what them boys up to across the street? They are just playing. They what now? They are just playing. You say they just playing now? Yes, they are just playing. I don't know about that. Pair it to smart devices like your thermostat. Alessandra, turn the heat up. The room is already 100 degrees. Are you trying to kill me, Alize? The new Amazon Echo Silver plays all the music they loved when they were young. Angela, play black jazz. Playing, uh, jazz. It also has a quick scan feature to help them find things. Emilia, where did I put the phone? The phone is in your right hand. And it has an uh-huh feature for long rambling stories. So then I gave him $5, and he said I only gave him $1. Uh-huh. I said, I know I gave you a five. Uh-huh. Because I only had a five and a one only. Uh-huh. And this is the $1 right here. Uh-huh. So, I mean, you tell me who's crazy. Amazon Echo Silver. Get yours today. I said get yours today. To order Amazon Echo Silver, send a check or money order to Amazon.com right now. Have you ever needed to cry but just couldn't produce the tears? Maybe you're a kid looking to get more attention and free stuff. Or maybe you need to go to a funeral for someone you really don't like. Introducing Onion Eye Drops. Because we believe the world could use just a little more tears. Disguised as regular, boring, run-of-the-mill eye drops, Onion Eye Drops is the premium moisturizer for the eyes of the absolute coldest of hearts. They're so effective that even Jason Statham swears by them. A lot. Just squirt in a couple drops, and you'll be crying more than a grown man does while watching Terminator 2. Not made with real onions. Users who experience waterworks for more than four hours should consult a doctor. Eye drops may cause a stinging sensation, which may result in tears. Tears are not guaranteed. 
may result in the Zika virus. Find onion eye drops next to the salty bandages at a store near you. Rancor monsters hungry again. Let's feed them. Don't do it. Luke Skywalker, Gamorrean Guard, new Rancor monster and Rancor Keeper action figures, each sold separately. You regret this. Willie gets his claws into a Jedi Knight. Whoa, son, Jaws, this is my only chance. He's wounded. We better get in there. You'll never get out alive, Gamorrean Guard. New Rancor monster action figures, each sold separately from Kenner's Star Wars Return of the Jedi Collection. Do you own a business or a podcast? Are you looking for ways to expand the audience you reach? Then Star Productions could help you. Southern Tier Audio Recording Productions started off as a homegrown audio recording company, offering professional recordings for aspiring musicians. It is now a multifunctional business, offering DJ services, recording, and advertising services to those who own businesses and podcasts. Email us at galaxycast at gmail.com with the subject advertising if you are interested. We look forward to creating a professional commercial for you that can be used in this podcast or even at your local radio station. Many have exclaimed that our services are out of this world. Thank you for your patience as we navigated through the promotional tunnel. And now we return to the Galaxy Cast. Hey folks, welcome back to this episode of the Galaxy Cast. We're going to talk about the Star Wars fan film titled Han Solo, A Smuggler's Trade, a Star Wars fan film. It was, quite honestly, an excellent film. I 13 minutes long, just a little over 13 minutes with the credits and everything on there, and I gotta admit, I was pleasantly surprised uh, at the film, and then Eric made the point that as we were watching that we totally caught that Doug Jones is in this film. Yeah, he, there's only Just two, down in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, I mean, there's a just, couple of my secondary actors, and there's two major actors, and the second major actor is Doug Jones. It's uh, it's a big deal. Now, I think we leave Jamie Costa is the one that played Han Solo himself. Now, yes. what did you guys think of Han Solo? I mean, is a Han Solo film. I mean, what did you think of how he did? His voice was really good. There yeah. were times when he said certain things. I'm like, oh, that sounds kind of like a young Han Solo. Right. It wasn't quite the Anthony and Gruber level of impersonation by any means. His eyes and upper half of his face was pretty good. I felt like his mouth was a little off. And at times I said he looked like a young Robin Williams. You're right. So, yeah. But the mannerisms and overall, it felt it felt Solo-ish. Yeah. What did you think, Tara, of the, of the Han Solo? I mean, like, was he? do you feel like Han Solo to you? I'd say so. Okay. Yeah. Better than the Aaron Ironreich Han Solo? A little bit. In some ways, yes. Yeah. yeah. A voice, especially. Yeah. Yeah. I thought his mannerisms actually were really good. And, well, that's okay, you what know got what? me. His hair. Yeah. yeah. I just never could get over uh, Aaron Reich, the fact that his hair looked just so different than anything yeah. Han yeah. Solo ever had. Yeah, it didn't have like a 70s look to no. it, which you almost have to do that. And I have to admit, this guy had that. He had the nice 70s haircut going on. And he had more of the face shape. I mean, again... Yeah. Aaron Reich had that squarish face with the very he was the only shape was just not the only thing he was missing a little bit of, a little more swagger you know what I mean like he needed to yeah. walk with just a little more lot of vive or something just to kind of pull that off Garrett what'd you think did he feel like solo to you at first no but as it went on he it got better right yeah yeah. How about the special effects in this one? What do you guys think of the special effects here? I mean the one thing we always rail on on all our, our fan films decent um 
a little a little I mean they they took some they tried to do some impressive things like showing yeah. him on a speeder bike from the point of view of the speeder bike with everything flying past him. Right. Tough shot to do. Not perfect composition, but they made it work. It worked. Yeah. But there was one shot in there and you called it out. It was when they were he was by the fire and we, he's in silhouette and he looks in the sky at a ship taking off and they had a great depth of focus thing going yeah. on yeah. where that felt movie quality to me. Yep. That the, that shot was nice. And the ship was really well rendered, I thought. Yeah. yeah. And the way it took off looked like Ray. <laughs> You're saying Ray, Ray's, Ray's parents, parents were leaving. Yeah, Ray's parents were leaving, yeah. What did you think of the special effects, Gary? Anything in there that, that caught your eye? Eh, not really. It looked, looked decent. I mean, it didn't look, I tell you what, didn't look cheap. I mean, they were pretty smart. They basically had two sets and a lot of natural right. things. So they only yeah. had to worry about two sets. And I'm willing to bet that's probably the same set redecorated. Probably redressed. To be the other room. Right. So really, they probably had one set and then used natural desert for the rest. The one thing I did like, and it's going to sound weird, they did an excellent job rotoscoping a lightsaber out of nothingness. I mean, really, seriously, they did an excellent job pulling that out. I, I, that was pretty good. The costumes. What do you guys think of the costumes? They were pretty good. I would say chewy, quite honestly, because like, there's a very good way you can get a very disgusting chewy really fast. And I would say that he was kind of impressive. Definitely, like, costume cosplay quality. The characters that were fighting him at the beginning mm-hmm. could have done a little more... Uh, Original, yeah, yeah, originality, right in the costuming, yeah, because yeah. it looked like Hera was fighting them, yeah, I agree it looked with like Gash Rendar was fighting them, yeah. I swear Ventress was in the background, and of whoever that, that guy was that was the lead, you know, with the football shoulder pads that were repainted or whatever, yeah, it's a yeah. yeah, his outfit, Dash yeah, his his outfit was looked very yeah. Dash Renderish, yeah. yeah. Maybe that was intentional though. It and, might have been. And then you get the two guys in plain street clothes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it didn't seem didn't seem to fit the, right. the the scene. Yeah, I'll give you that. I did like the red C three PO. Yes, yes. <laughs> it was a nice yeah. touch. Yeah. It was a nice touch. I agree. Which is why he's got the red arm, right? <laughs> and the blue milk. I'll give them yeah, credit. The I mean, that, that was that was that on was, the table. That was a nice little yeah. you know an homage and a nod there. Yeah, even, even the cup was a new hopeish. Yeah. Now I will say that I was impressed that Chewbacca as he growled and did everything else the mouth was moving yeah uh-huh. uh which I, a lot of fan films miss that you know they'll do the you know and then chewy's mouth isn't even moving and i'm like hmm this one actually took the time to make sure that they had his mouth moving and i like the fact that they took a, a seven foot tall wookie and shoved him into a <laughs> very uh, small cage yeah yeah <laughs> but he was I mean, clearly really tall i mean the last shot he was walking out of there yeah, right that's, tall. that's what i'm saying and they shoved him into a, a medium dog kennel <laughs> yeah <laughs> but they were smart because in every shot Almost, mm-hmm. they were kind of homaging stuff we've seen. Absolutely. Yeah. Even even Chewie in the cage, looking up with the light shining on him, looked like when he was in Cloud yep. City and had the light right, shining right. and the shadows going across him when he was in the cell. Well, so they were very clearly homaging a lot of stuff. Well, well even in Return of the Jedi when he was in Jabba's. Oh yeah, too. yeah, that's yeah, that's right. Yeah, what did you guys think of the banter at the end there between him and Chewie? It was nice. You know, I, yeah. I like that he lost a touch. Falcon, too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we'll have to go get the Falcon. It's a long <laughs> like, story. It's and, a long story. And the, the Jedi artifacts they had on that little altar there was uh, Revan's mask, and I don't know yep. what the sash was or nothing. looked like armor maybe from like a, a something, I'm not sure, and then the lightsaber. What did you think of Doug Jones? I mean, like... He was uh, he was good up until the... Uh, the During the fight, I didn't like him as much. Like, when he was yeah. doing the, uh, the, the... The It wasn't choking. as intense. It wasn't as yeah. intense as I think it needed to be in terms of choreographing the fight. Right. But when he was talking in reverence about the lightsaber, when he was around the table, I'm like, oh, he is, he's classing this thing up with, yeah. with his performance because he's clearly a professional actor. So he he was great there. I just felt like the fight was a little off. Yeah, just a choreographed thing, yeah. I think, that could have been improved on. 
overall, what'd you guys think of this? Uh, well, you know, do we want to rate it? I guess we can yeah, rate it. Like we always. rate everything. Like zero, don't bother. Ten being a must see as a fan film. So, uh, so it's f- fan film should be one to five. You think one to five? That's okay. what we always done in the past. Okay, let's okay. do one to five for fan. So we'll do one to five. So or, one's or, yeah. one's a it's okay, and five's a you got to go see this. So anybody want to go first? I nominate Terror. Okay, Terror, you're volunteered. What do you would you wow. give it? One to five. <laughs> um, I give it a solid three. Okay. I mean, it, it's not terrible, so, like, that's why it's not as low, but, like, I could live without seeing it. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I get what you're saying. Like. Okay. Yeah. Gary, what would you give it? I'm going to give it a four. Yeah? I actually liked it. It was enjoyable. There was a couple things that didn't really match real well with it, but other than that, all right. I was going to give it a four, too, almost like a, the long-lost solo story that should have happened. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, like I actually felt better it a than 42? the movie. I'm giving it a four as well. <laughs> yes, it felt better 42. than the movie. Like, like, well, like, yeah, like that's what I mean. Like, this I wish that was. This could have been the beginning of the solo movie. Yeah. Quite honestly, like this could have helped moved it along. Now, you know Bob, I mean? if you want to give it a forty-two, you can do it as long as you got a towel. Yeah, there we go. So, uh, Eric, what would you give this one? I was going to give it a solid four. It's not yeah. perfect. It does have its moments that you know fall away a little bit. The fighting at the beginning. Does. A little slow. A little yeah. slow. Looks like they kind of look around a bit to be like, who am, I, who am I fighting? Oh, you? Okay, swing. You know, that happens a little bit. Um, I'd be curious, like, how long they took to film Yeah, this. there was you know a lot mean, like, of walking yeah. in the middle, um, yeah. which I know they kind of stretched out to use the, the visuals, but right. Doug Jones, great addition, surprised me. Mm-hmm. Uh, over, it told a little mini story in ten minutes, you know, yeah. that, that, was, that tied in Jedi, that tied in... A, a Jedi trick, not right. to give away, but there's a little force power usage and <laughs> you got to pay attention set in to. quotes. You know, so overall, they did a lot with a 10 minute film with that felt Star Warsy. So I got to give it a solid four. It immersed me yeah. in the Star Wars lore, and that there's yeah. no doubt about that. You know, unlike some Star Wars fan films that we watch, we're like, "What are we watching?" I know these are four people this in a castle, standing in a reading a park, reading right. poetry, and it's like, right. "When yeah. is this Star Wars?" You're supposed <laughs> to be Han, but you don't even have a costume. Right. <laughs> so I thought this was pretty well. But so please, please go to YouTube, check it out. If you just search up the uh, Han Solo: A Smuggler's Trade, you will you will definitely come across the movie. It's worth your 13 minutes of watching. Um, kudos to the cast and crew. I. I, I you guys did a great job. Seriously, you 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 should. I don't know if there's little fan film awards. I know there are by LFL, but you should get some credit for that because yeah, um, I, I thought you did an excellent job on this film. So yeah, I definitely would like a to see fan more film. From I guys. probably would watch again. Well, if we I should hunt. I don't know how recent it is. We'll have to hunt down and see if they've done any anything else. Or anything. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. So that's our thoughts on this and many things more, including the trailer for Titan. It's the, dark trailer Titans. for resistance it's anime the star wars tv live action it's, series it's, it's a Mandalore. 100 million dollars a minute 100 million dollars per episode what else did i miss did i miss anything else those are the three things we, we talked three about things in the beginning. beginning and of course the han solo fan film we'd love to hear what you have to say so head over to galaxycast.com let us know find us on twitter find us on facebook find us everywhere we're on youtube as well and as we like to always say here in the star production studios may the force be with those who listen. I'm Robin. And Chuck. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. We hope you enjoyed this show. Were it not for you, our loyal listeners, this show would not exist. We appreciate your time and want to hear from all of you, since our podcast is by fans and for fans. Head on over to our website at galaxycast.com to find out more about our show. Write to the show by sending an email to galaxycast at gmail.com. 
If you have something positive to say, use the subject line. We like and use a show. If you have a complaint, make your subject line. You failed me for the last time. And look for the Galaxy Cast on social media, including Facebook, Twitter, and other media soon to come. Carry on, wayward travelers. Warp Factor 2. First star to the left, straight on till morning.